All right, morning skate. Wow, morning skate episode two nineteen. Hot start for me. You got Ked, your host here. Uh, Hal is out. Brownie is back. That is Biz Dead Brownie. He is going to be uh, co-hosting. I appreciate that. How's it going? Oh, also, before we get into this, I'm, I am aware that I sounded like shit last week. I had my mic plugged in, but I forgot to turn the mic on. Uh, I got that fixed, and I also got Hal and Brownie mics too, so this should sound a little bit better. But Brownie, how's it going, buddy? So I won't hopefully sound like first time, long time. Thanks for having me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, but I don't know. It spruces it up a little bit, so I think yeah. that'll be that'll be good. But how's everything going with you, man? Good, good. Another week in the books, closer to the opening night. I think the entire world wants to watch your Rangers on opening night. I, so yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I got ESPN Plus, uh, but I don't have TNT. Like I don't have cable. Well, so, ESPN Plus, I thought was every single out of market game. That's what it says, but they didn't. They only aired like three preseason games. Yeah, like they only aired. Select- we couldn't he, he, here in Boston. He couldn't find the Bruins barely either. So you, th- so you think I, I don't really have anything to worry about? I don't. I think I think because you're in Nashville, out of state. Mar- you, it's an out of game, out of market game for you. Uh, and <laughs> there's a bar every 10 feet in Nashville. Yeah, but okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. I it's can't like watch a, ho- a Rangers bar. I can't watch a hockey game at a bar. Oh, it's annoying as hell. I can't do it. I like listening to like what's going on, and like I fucking can't stand it. I have a lot of friends back home who are Rangers fans, and they're always like, "Why don't we go to the bar and watch a game?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> like I can't do that." But if it came down to watch it in a bar and not watch it, yeah. I mean, and that's another thing. I don't think you can just like fucking search stream TNT on like, I feel like you can find a Rangers game off of MSG, but I don't think you're going to get TNT streamed. I don't know if we should be talking about streams on a podcast. Fair enough. Uh, But yeah, so Brownie's still in. We have a lot to talk about. We have the the Olympic update. We have some Robin Leonard. um, Some new new contracts, a new lack of a contract, an Amazon Prime show that everybody should definitely tune into. And then we, we have some pretty good Rangers Bruins, beer league uh, stuff, typical Dominic Moores, and then a pretty fun three-star. So let's just get into it. NHL the news. All right. So the first thing on the docket, we're going to talk a little bit of Olympics. Um I read somewhere, I, I think they call them the leadership group of the teams, but Canada and Sweden has come out with three players that are going to be on the Olympic team. Crosby, Petrangelo, Connor McDavid. Sweden's going to be Hedman, Zibanejad, which I thought was cool, and Gabriel Landeskog. I read somewhere that each team has to submit three players for like random drug testing throughout the year. I don't know if that's accurate. You never really know what's going on with the internet, but essentially people are kind of assuming this is like a leadership type group for whatever teams are going on. Um, Brownie, what do, what do you think? I mean, Canada... I cannot believe that they have Crosby and McDavid. They're going to be so good. Well, Crosby's injured, remember? So hopefully it's not lingering and he's back to himself. I think uh, I get it that they wanted a defenseman, but I mean, how is Bergeron not one of the three? Oh, I didn't even I, I didn't even have my mass hole hat on. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he definitely is like a leadership type player, but yeah. The reason why he's the reason why he's not top three is because I feel like they had to include a defenseman. That would yeah, be like no, kind of my only sense. thing. It makes sense, especially with uh, Hedman on there for uh, Sweden. But it, the it's a deep, deep team, uh, both U.S. and Canada. It's crazy, and yeah, you start and thinking about guys that won't make the cut, and there's going to be. You could have like an A team and a B team for both countries. Every time there's like an Olympic, I love the fact that people do two teams for Canada. And it's always fun to look at the B team and be like, wow, (laughs) they're still really good. Uh, For Sweden, Hedman, obviously. Landeskog, I mean, a leader, great hair. Um, Zabanajad, I found this like a little shocking. I know that he's put up some numbers in New York and like he, he scores a ton of goals. And like when he's on, he's really good. But this was this might have been my first like pinch me moment that like Zbanejad's actually getting recognized for being like a pretty good hockey player. Who's the and I don't know the answer. I should have known. I should have looked this up before I asked. Who's the GM of uh, of Sweden? Do you know? Oh, I, I don't know. I wonder if it's got any New York ties. I don't know because I feel like especially in Sweden, there's so many people that you could pick. I was just I was rad. I was pleasantly surprised that Zbanejad was one of the names. Don't they talk about him as like the mayor of Sweden? Isn't he like super popular? 
I, I, you might be thinking of the other uh, Ranger, former Swede Henrik Lundqvist. I bet he's probably no, the most no, popular no. one. Paul Lundqvist. I, I don't know. He might be. I know he, he like married like a, all kinds of pull. Like he was the man over there. Yeah, he married like a Swedish soccer player. I'm pretty sure, oh, like maybe. over the off season, who like does um, TV and stuff. I don't know. I just thought it was, I thought it was cool. And like obviously, I've known Zabanjad's been a really good player for a long time. But I feel like when you think of top centers in the game, like he's never really brought up. So the fact that like the Rangers can say they had like, I don't know. I thought that was cool. Wasn't expecting it. Pleasant surprise. Um, Still not captain of the Rangers, but yeah. No, sure. no. Yeah, you would, you'd think. Um, so the U.S. hasn't released their their team yet. I put out something out on Instagram talking about who, you know, who you would uh, put in for myself. We're going to vary greatly, I think. Yeah, here. no, I know. For myself, you kind of have to pick people you know. We're gonna like Patrick Kane is easily gonna be one of them, like without a doubt, in my mind. Okay. Um, and then you can't not have Austin Matthews because they're marketing him as the face of hockey. I get where you're gonna say about him laughing behind the net and stuff. I'm not happy about it, but that's what it'll be. And then your third player. So everybody's picking a defenseman. I know Adam Fox has been thrown around. Uh, leadership wise. <laughs> I leadership wise, I would probably put McAvoy over Fox just because Fox turtled. And I, I'm serious about that. I hate that. Mm. But I would I think I would go with Matthew Kachuk. I think you would have a little yeah. bit of grit and grime to your game. And like uh do you remember when David Backus went around and he was fighting everybody yeah. on it's Canada? America tour. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I really hope both Kachuk players make it and they put them on a line together and their role Can- is just to piss people off. Could Brady go if he doesn't sign? Yeah, he could, right? It doesn't have to be any colors. Now, I don't know if either Kachuk brother are going to make it. I'm sure Matthew will. I don't know if Brady will. But, like, could you imagine you're the coach of the USA and and you have two Kachuks and and you're putting them on the same line. You're like, just go piss people off. How much fun. It would be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'd go Matthew Kachuk. I know he gets a lot of hate because people think he's, like, kind of a rat, and I don't really care. He could be America's rat for all. Like, let's get let's let's meddle. (laughs) Drowning, who do you got? Does he go to Disney as America's rat? See the mouse? I don't know, man. I I tell you what, people hate Matthew Kachuk, but fuck, man. I'd give anything for him to be on the Rangers. Oh, hell yeah. For the Bruins, sure. Same thing. So – the obvious choice is Kane Matthews, and you can make the argument for Fox as the Calder. I mean, the Norris, sorry. Yeah. So you can make that argument, but that it depends on what they want as a team, in my opinion. Yeah. So if you want, if you want skill, uh, I don't want to say soft, but I mean soft. No, I, I know, I know what you're saying, right? My if if they said you're in charge, give me your three. Ready? Yeah. Matthew Kachuk, Blake Wheeler, Seth Jones. Yeah, Those I mean that's a pretty good leadership core too, man. I'm surprised you said Blake Wheeler because he he was right. a, supposed to be Bruin, right? And just oh, he was a Bruin. He was a Bruin for a long time. Yeah, I I, Five years? I love the way he plays north south, hard on the puck. Like he's he's a very underrated player too. If you think oh, about it, like, Blake he's like, no one sees him. No, and it sucks. He's, 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 a, he's a really good player. He he has like he has all the intangibles. Plus, he's tough. He's um, got. He if he plays long enough, he'll be looked at like a Joe Thornton. If he plays, now you said, that, now that you said Seth Jones, dude. That that one kind of came out of nowhere for me. Is there a reason why he picked him? I just think he's filthy. I think yeah. he's absolutely filthy. He can play. He can eat minutes. He's a big body. You know they're going to be crashing. That's the knock on Fox McAvoy. All, well, McAvoy's a little bigger. But all these guys, I mean, yeah, I could be the, you know, wear the Bruins hat and say McAvoy, but Seth Jones, I think, is is all world. I think yeah. he's filthy. And and I kind of think, like, back in the day, Canada-USA teams, like, it was always very clear Canada. And, like, Canada's going to be a wagon, too, man. Like, they didn't even say McKinnon. Like, they're, they're going to be so good. But in terms of how good Canada is compared to USA, I feel like USA's definitely closed the gap. Do you think so? Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Which is nice like, to see. You and I were talking offline a, a week or so ago, and I was saying how I lean on my Canadian heritage to pull for whichever team I like better. It was all because <laughs> of Kessler. I fucking hated Ryan Kessler. I so love them. That I could I not them. root for the United States when he was playing. I didn't want to see that guy succeed in anything. What now? Off do you think standard. was that? Is that just you being a Bruins guy? No, no, he was a scumbag from college. I knew a guy I went to college with him. Okay. Yeah, just garbage human. I don't know. I just I 
I love the way he played the game, though. He he fucking he'd get in your face and he'd piss you oh, off. Yeah. There's not too many Americans that really do that anymore. It sucks, but yeah. Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, about yeah. it. Um, did you have any other? Good. Did you have any um, other countries that you looked at? Uh, not really, man. Like obviously Russia, they're gonna be really good. I'm interested to see if Panarin gets the nod because of you all think the, he'd be one of the leadership. No, not leadership, even on the team. Well, him the- and he's got that whole thing with Putin. I don't know. Yeah, so he's like yeah. super against Putin. There was that thing last year. It was kind of like a hit article out on him. Right. He had to go home and shit. So, I mean, it, it'll be clear if that's like kind of 100% true. Because if he doesn't get invited to the Russia team, there's he's all world. It could um, be beautiful, right? Yeah. Speaking of the whole the Russian thing, has there been a player's dropped off more than Kuznetsov? Like, I feel like he was nasty, and now he doesn't really get talked about. He wasn't there. Was a chance he wasn't going to go back to Capitals. There were some like issues with him off the ice. Like, still a good player, but is he like twelve years in, fourteen years in, something like that? Is he that old? I haven't looked. I think so. Are you looking right now? Yeah, I look right now. I thought he was a younger kid. I'm gonna yeah, say twenty seven. Twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty nine years old. Yeah, so. 10 years, what, probably eight years in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Kirill the Thrill, hopefully he makes it. That'd be kind of fun to watch him. Zook's going to be with Norway if Norway has a team. I honestly haven't dove too much into it. But uh, Krejci and Pasternak playing for Czech. That'll be kind of fun to see. You know? Yeah. Tech, maybe. Does Kapo Kako make the Finnish team? I would think, right? I don't know. I don't know. It's 12 forwards plus two. I was, I think I like searched NHL top players or whatever by country or whatever, and like yeah. he wasn't anywhere near the top twelve in points. So like, really, yeah, well by points, not yeah. You got to have every every role. I mean, they had Bergeron riding wing with with uh, Crosby, you know, and he's taking defensive <laughs> faceoffs, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's something definitely interesting to see, but I'm pumped for the Olympics. Yeah. It's uh, really cool. Next story, Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard went off. Uh, he went on spin chicklets last week, I think, and he kind of dove into the Buffalo Jack Eichel situation, how he doesn't like it. He talked about his ankle. Then he tweeted out pictures of his ankle. All leading up to, uh, is it common for workplaces to give out, uh, wow, benzodiazepines to employees when they travel in Ambien, Philadelphia Flyers dinosaur coach treating people like robots, not human. That was a shout-out to Elaine Bignon. Then he came back and clarified he was never accusing him about distributing the pills. He claims that was about the way the coach treated the players, which he thinks is unacceptable. Uh, you have Tom Cicito and all these former players, Bill Weiss, coming out and saying, hey, good for Robin Leonard. Uh, Gary Bettman was asked about it. He said, we take his comments seriously, and we'd like, in short order, to be in a conversation with him so we can hear his concerns directly. We're going to follow up to see what merit there may be to his concerns. You don't have to tweet to get our attention. We have an 800 number of people can call. you can call us directly. We're an open book. Uh, and then today, this came out. Uh, Kaplan talked to Robin Leonard. He's confident he can push change in the NHL. They're listening. He's moving his messaging behind the scenes, working with the NHL and NHLPA. He asks for patience from the media as it begins the season and tries to take meaningful steps forward. So there's a lot to unpack here with the Robin Leonard situation. Uh, Brownie, take it away. What, what, do you, what do you got on this? Well, thing? I listened to that interview with Robin Leonard, and he said that he is he's got a filter on 90% of what he has to say. Yeah. So holy shit, that was 10%. Yeah. Uh, he's just <laughs> literally out of fucks to give. He, you know, he's, he's the clear cut number one signed a good deal. So he's like, well, I've been playing 12 years. I can, you're not going to have as much security as he has now. Yeah, exactly. And he might never have it again. My, my big fear with this is that I hope it doesn't get glossed over. Uh, and attributed to his battles with, uh, mental health yeah because he's admittedly you know bipolar disorder he's medicated he does his deal he's all good but i know a lot of people in sensitive times that we live in are going to be like he's crazy and just dismiss it yeah uh tough tough look for the nhl as you're getting ramped up they've had a little bit of a tough go with evander kane the chicago blackhawks now this and bettman saying Oh, call the 800 number. Like basically like zip it, buddy. In the, in the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, what, what do they tell you? All right. So when I coached sports, I coached lacrosse, but I always, my two things, try your best, be a good teammate, right? Those yeah. are the two tenets of coaching. And Robin Leonard is in his mind being a good teammate. He he's boys with Jack Eichel. Yeah. And the Jack Eichel thing is a gong show. Yeah. Right. And he was very adamant that Eichel wants uh, to get the surgery and they're not letting him. 
And then if you add in the fact that Nolan Patrick was in Philly last year and is in Vegas now, and obviously they're boys, because I did like the dive on Hockey DB. Mm -hmm. Elaine Vigneault and Robin Leonard have never crossed paths in the same organization. So yeah, because really when, when I first heard that, I was wondering if that – do you remember on Spinchick he talked about going to a tryout or something like that? And I and there was a coach that he hated, and I was wondering – I was oh. like looking up teams that AV was coaching. I'm like, I didn't ever hear about Leonard going on a PTO in New York or anything or, or Vancouver. So I was wondering if that's what he was talking about. But I looked. I didn't see anything, but I, I it wouldn't show up a PTO, though, I don't think. Um, I think I would remember if the Rangers brought him in for a PTO because like Leonard's dad was Henrik Lundqvist goalie coach. Like there would have yeah. been a story about that. Right. Right. But I, I just, I mean, he's, he's being, like I said, he's being a good teammate. He's speaking up for someone who can't like Eichel really can't say anything. Nolan Patrick does not have the same gravitas that Robin Leonard has at this point yeah. in his career. So he's probably looking at, he probably has buddies on the flyers now. And he's like, these guys can't say anything. So I'm gonna, and maybe yeah. Vigneault is the first guy. It's an easy one to go after. Uh, we, he was the Rangers coach. I mean, what do you think of him as a coach? Uh, I I was so happy when he left New York. I never – Everybody was, is. Yeah, and like the way I, – I don't know. The way he treated some of the players, I guess it was a little weird. It wasn't anything like what I thought Lenny was saying or like the Babcock shit in like Toronto right, and stuff right. like that. But – it takes what balls it? to do what Leonard just did to have Is that much money. The last of those dinosaur style coaches left in the NHL. Yeah, pretty much. But like, I don't know. I, it just takes balls to do that. And you, it, like, yeah, he could call the one eight hundred number, but you want to know what? There's a good chance nothing did get done. So at the very well, least, well, maybe he did call it. And they but we it. wouldn't know. Now we right. know. Now we right. know. Now the NHL has to do something, and it would be kind of right. cool if they if. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the substance abuse program or anything like that is going on. But if he, be, if Robin Leonard becomes like that dude and it like helps run that program or like does different things to help guys get help, like talk about Evander Kane and like the issues that he had going on throughout his life, whatever. I'm assuming maybe that started at a younger age. Maybe there were other things that fucking went into that where maybe he could have went and fucking talked to somebody. Like you, you never know, dude. Like right. you truly never know. You, you don't. I mean, we're not in the NHL, so we don't know what is offered and what isn't, but. Robin Leonard's making it abundantly clear that it's not enough. Yeah. And the, the talking about the drugs, the, t like the Toradol, the benzos, I mean, every interview you hear, they talk about Ambien, you know, with yeah. former players. So, I mean, it sounds like it was readily available. Yeah. You know, I mean, who am I to say again, like you said, we're not in the locker room, but I don't, I don't see him making this up. No, not know? at all. And at the very least, he made everybody aware about it. And I think that's a big step in making something that's broken fixed a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So shout out to Leonard. I thought that was cool. Uh, we're going to do two new contract updates. Elias Pedersen, three years, 7.35 mil. Uh, Quinn Hughes, six years, 7.75 mil. The Vancouver Canucks locked up their uh, pretty good forward and pretty good defenseman. If I'm a Canucks fan, I'm definitely pumped about the Quinn Hughes deal. Six years, yeah. seven mil. You see the deals that Kale McCarr and Adam Fox are going to end up getting, all these types of things. McAvoy next year. The Petter Well, McAvoy, he'll get the money from New York. Uh, <laughs> the pa the, the Pedersen deal to me, that's the one that, like, I mean, I guess it's cool you got him for three years, but fuck, if I was a Vancouver fan, I'd want him for, like, 20. It, from what I read, he didn't want it. He wanted three, and that was it. I know, but as a Canucks fan, like I'd be right. like, oh, for sure, for sure. Well, I'm just glad they didn't burn the city after it was only three years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the thing that's funny though is what I was reading is that uh, so the guy's name is Patrick Johnston. He is uh, agent that represented Tyler Myers and Louis Erickson, and Myers and Erickson both bent the GM there bending over on their contracts. Yeah. So uh, uh, Pedersen and Hughes both signed with this guy to negotiate. So he was he was controlling the two of them and talking to Benning. Benning must be like, Jesus Christ, just lose my number. Yeah, Benning woke up and he's like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, oh, 100%. And the, uh, the Pedersen will be 25 and Hughes 28 when their contracts expire. So they have another big ticket, both of them. A big ticket. Yeah, oh, yeah. And okay. this was, I thought, kind of interesting. Um, there's no trade protection for either of them. <coughs> I mean, Pedersen's three years. I doubt they're going to trade him with that term. But if something happens and the wheels fall off in Vancouver, Quinn Hughes is a very tradable piece, you know, yeah. even at that number. 
Yeah. It, I just thought that it, was interesting. Vancouver confuses me, man, because I feel like they have so many good pieces there, but they're just never like Pedersen is disgusting. Hughes is really good. Besser, yeah. very, very, very underrated player. Bo Horvat, hell of a captain, hell of a leader. Like JT okay, Miller, JT Miller's looked great in Vancouver. Like they have good pieces. It's just. And they want to bitch about OLE. Yeah. And or OEL, it's sorry. Just, you look yeah. at all the top teams and the top teams have all the good places. And then they have their role players who really fit into what they have to do. And to me, it's almost like the teams with the better role players tend to have, tend to have better success or like people oh, yeah. who can like really chip into what they should be chipping into. And you look at Vancouver, and I, I, that's never really been there for a while, right? Like they tried Roussel and Beagle, that didn't really work out too well. Um, I don't when know. They made it to the Cup final. They had those depth guys. Mm-hmm. They did. They had the high end and the depth guys. They, you know, Tim Thomas. What are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> what I mean. are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, so those were contracts signed. A contract that wasn't signed. Brady Kachuk in Ottawa. Uh, lack of communication is a big reason of what's preventing that from happening. Center's owner has a history with the star players. The team is set only on signing Kachuk to seven or eight years versus doing a bridge deal. Uh, it's kind of the same situation, I guess, with Pedersen. He just wanted a couple years to figure out what's going to happen. Well, with Ottawa's track record, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, dude. As, as an owner, you want the player to want you back as much as you want them, and it's not there. And instead of just being like, okay, we can work it out, you're kind of like, well, fuck you then. And that's kind of the vi- lack of communication like that with, heard, with the guy uh, who's supposed to be the face of your franchise. I heard older brother Matthew on a, on a uh, interview. I think it was, it might've been on 32 thoughts where he was saying how the team and Brady are very far apart and him and his dad have gotten involved. Yeah. And he said, I'm telling him to hold out. My dad held out. I held out. It's our yeah. way. So, I mean, it doesn't look good for the Sens, but imagine if they don't sign him, it's like the P it's a PR nightmare for them. Yeah. What they don't want. He's it's like a, you said, face of the franchise and then you screw it up somehow. Yeah. It, it's tough. I like, that's got to suck wanting to sign a dude long-term and you know that he's there and he's just like, I'm not sure. Like that kind some, of blows. Yeah. Well, at some point their mentality will change and say, all right, well, we can't sign the seven or eight years. We got to sign him for three years and build this team up over the three years that he then. Right. Wants it's to mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with Brady Kachuk. Last thing in NHL news, Amazon Prime came out with their all or nothing Toronto Maple Leafs thing. Uh, it's being compared to like a 24-7. I would agree with that. Um, I mean, it's, pre- it's pretty pretty uncut, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Like You hear a ton of cursing, a lot of swearing. You get to see certain personalities. Uh, I guess spoilers if you haven't watched it because I think we're kind of about to talk about it. But, I'm only two episodes in. So, so – it's fucking cool. It takes place throughout the entire course of the season. Like the John Tavares hit, they showed I, like I a clip of that. Yeah, but that they, looked horrifying. Yeah, that's brutal, and you can tell it's it's kind of cool in a way, like seeing how everybody reacted. Because do you remember back when all that happened? Felino fought Perry, and they everybody was up in arms about it, and they kind of like show what went into that. Perry didn't throw a punch. Do you know that? No. If you watch that fight. Perry did not throw a punch. I listen. I used to hate Corey Perry when he was on the Ducks, but over the last five, six years, I've really, really have grown grown to respect Corey Perry. Yeah, man. He plays the game the right way on the edge. I would love he. You'd love him on your team. He's one of those guys. Yeah, and, and, and when I said it was cool, obviously it wasn't cool that Tavares was hurt. Right. I just thought it was yeah. interesting to see like how like the players. They even talked about how like they thought maybe they weren't going to continue the game, right. and like you get they dive a lot into Dubis and like what Dubis has in like I don't know it, it was fucking I thought it was pretty lights out show. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think the for the first two episodes at least the star is Joe Thorne, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Guy, was, this guy's awesome. Was Jimmy VC in any of the ones yeah, that you saw? And he was. Bro, point, they was, make Jimmy VC look like the oh, yeah. biggest. Just squid I, ever. I have squid ever. down. I have squid written down in my notes. Oh my god! Just like they made him look so bad. Like they made him hiding upstairs on the phone, and Thornton like hunted him down. He's like, "I found you, fucker." <laughs> and by the way, Jimmy VC, don't wear your hat like a thirteen-year-old 
bubblegum pop star. Jesus Christ, put on your fucking baseball hat. It was you, it was insane. Yeah, it was horrible. That was a tough did, did you see when Sheldon Keith went up to him and he was like trying to tell him like what they were expecting from him? And he's like, Yeah, well, it just sounds like you don't really want me here. Like, yeah, Vise, that's the attitude you want. So Sheldon Keith, I think, is a good coach. I feel like he talks to his players but doesn't let them answer. If they don't give the answer he's looking for when he initiates that conversation, he cuts it off like with VC. He yeah. was like, so what do you think? And he's like, oh, I thought I played pretty well. He goes, no, 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 I'm not talking about last game. Yeah. And just shut it down. And he does that with everybody, and that's just his style. But I think that these these kids on the Leafs are – I mean, some of these guys are been – they've been getting their – you know, junk fondled for the last 18 years by everybody they meet. And I don't, I think they're like, whoa, what is this guy? And yeah. that's why I think Thornton was great. And Simmons, they're just in there just like cutting everybody Simmons up. Simmons wants to win, great. dude. Yeah. I thought yeah. Simmons was a nail gun. To me, it showed almost like a lack of leadership. Like they had yeah. uh, like a leader meeting with like eight different people. And Who wasn't there? Keeps, uh, Matt, I see Matthews wasn't there, but I think Matthews wasn't there because he had COVID or there was something going along. Like he might've been yeah, sick. That's a rumor that I saw. Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't but, know how the timeline works out. But I thought it was interesting how Sheldon keeps like, we have to fix a lot of this stuff. Like, and Joe Thorne's like, nah, man, we're in first place. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just like a kind of a disconnect there. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, man. It was, it was real. If you guys get a chance, definitely check it out. Like, oh, I'm not a Leafs fan at all, but it was, it was interesting. Oh, I hate the Leafs and I enjoy it. Let me, uh, let me ask you this. So, Joe Thornton, everybody talks about how much he, every, everyone that talks about him, like he's this giant unicorn roaming around rinks across <laughs> North America. He, you know, the whole like he loves the boys, loves hockey. Were you shocked when he talked about his wife and kids? I was like, holy shit, he's got wife and kids? Yeah, like, yeah. Even enter my enter my equation of him. I thought he that was seen, He seemed like the coolest guy ever. Like, oh, yeah. He broke his rib. He's like, I know it's broken, but, like, he, he was just, like, goofy. Like, he was he was kind of what I expected. You're right about the wife and kids. I, was, I was, wasn't expecting that one. He's in some kind of, like, hyperbaric thing, and they're like, he's like, do I leave in this? And they're like, yeah. And someone was like, Joe, what do you got? He's like, I have no idea. And he just goes walking out, like, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> yeah. Did he you, was great. Did and you that get to the episode where he goes at Ehlers? Oh no, I haven't. I'm not there yet. Oh boy. We'll yeah, I saw the week. preview. Yeah. He, Joe Joe's uh yeah, he was he wasn't too thrilled in the club of the years. But check it out. All or nothing is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I thought it was uh, great. <clears throat> now we're gonna get into our Rangers and Bruins talk. I'm just gonna kind of go over some Rangers lines with you guys. <laughs> uh I think this is what's gonna end up happening. Lafreniere's the Benjad Kreider, uh Panarin Strom Kako. Uh, Gaudreau, Hedo, Kratsov, uh, Blay, Rooney, Reeves, Extras, Goche, Hunt, and Barron. And then you got Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba, Nemeth, Lundqvist, and Shesterkin, Georgiev. I wrote a blog about what to expect for the Rangers this year. Hey, In my Mario, opinion, I'll break down each line really quick. I think the before first line. You, before you do, up? that blog you wrote with the pictures and the lines, that was fantastic. For everyone who wants to see how to break down a team, Go and you read your article. That's I appreciate my, that. Thank that's you. A comment for you. Go ahead. Thank you. Yep. Uh, my first line, Lafreniere. I think we get so excited to get a first overall pick, and you just expect them to be like Matthews and Crosby, and it's just instinctual. And sometimes it doesn't happen. He hasn't had that start to his career. I get that. You can see the skills there. I still don't know if the foot speed's there, but it, it, he's a good player. Kreider, the same things. He'll he'll be lost for sixty games, and they will be noticeable for twenty two, and everybody's going to say he should be captain. This line goes as advantage ad goes. Uh, he had a rough start last year with like COVID kind of stuff. I mean, when when advantage ad's on, dude, he's dominant. He plays two hundred feet. He's fat. He's so deceptively fast, and he he creates. He makes people around him better. Uh, second line of Panarin, Strom, Kako. I think this line's gonna fuck. Like, there's no way they don't Panarin and Strom. They they're great together. And now Capo came in. He looks gigantic. Yeah, he's he showed an extra step in preseason. Like he looks like last year, he at towards the end of the year, he looked like an NHL player. And now it's time for him to make that step to being like, oh, I'm fucking nasty and getting a good vibe. Gaudreau, Hedo, Kratsov, Hedo and Kratsov. I mean, the offensive players, but the knack on them is when they're not creating offensively, they don't really do much else. I think putting a veteran guy like Gaudreau, he's won a couple cups. He finishes every check, so he'll be sticking up for them. He'll teach him how to play defense. I think that's huge for a young line like that. Future captain of the Rangers. Maybe. 
Maybe. I'm telling but you. If, but if, if that third line can make sure they don't get scored on and put a few pucks in the back of the other goalies, uh, the other net, I think that'll be good. And then play Rooney Reed. One of the biggest pain in the asses in the NHL to play against. And it's going to be great. Like for yeah. two young guys, like that's, yep. I love that. Um, yep. And then the fourth line, play Rooney Reeves. We haven't had an identity on the fourth line in forever, and we finally fucking got one. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think Goche might end up starting on the third line. I think Kratzov's hurt right now. He has a lower body injury, but you also got, you have a guy like Hunt who's relentless on the four check to sound defensively. Morgan Barron, New York Rangers, homegrown Brian Boyle, uh, Cornell six round pick. It sucks because they finally figured out their fourth line. They haven't figured out their fourth line in fucking seven years. And the one year that they do it, they have this kid ready to like play on the fourth line. So that sucks for him. Then you got Lindgren Fox. If these guys are together for 10 years, they're going to go down as one of the best like duos and during their time of being together. They're going to be really good. You have Adam Fox, who his hockey IQ is insane, and there's not a player in the NHL that competes harder than Ryan Lindgren. He bleeds every fucking game. It's insane. I love it. Uh, Miller's had a rough preseason, but I'm not worried about him. If Truba can build off the year Truba had last year, which wasn't that great, but if he can get a little bit better – he just needs to become that tough guy to play against that he was like in Winnipeg where you didn't want to go in the corner because Jacob True was going to cross-check you in the face. Kill like that, yeah, that's what you need. Yeah. Fourth line, I love Nemeth. I think Nemeth is the the third-pairing defenseman the Rangers have tried to sign for the past 20 years and never worked out, but I think this one's going to work out. This is the first one where I'm like, okay, like I'm not expecting anything offensively from him, but it looks like he can defend. And you put him with a rookie, Nils Lundqvist, uh, first round pick, right handed shot. Uh, can I think he leads their team in points right now in the preseason? He can quarterback a power play. There's He's looking good. Yeah, and and they his numbers in the Swedish league. I think he had better numbers than Hedman, which is insane. I'm, I'm clearly not comparing the two because Hedman's probably three times the size of him. Not yet. Not yet. But Will and then Shosturkin no. and Georgiev. If Shosturkin can stay healthy, dude, I think that the sky's the limit. If Shosturkin can't stay healthy and you have to play Georgiev, the Rangers are fucked. Yeah. So having said all of that. I think I think they'd squeak into the playoffs this year. I really do. Depending on how well Zabinajad plays and if Kako can take that extra step, I'm not really worried about them defensively unless somebody gets hurt. And if Shesterkin can stay healthy because now they have fucking four lines they can roll. They can literally roll their four lines now, which is great. So for me, all right, so one of the things in the, um, the Maple Leaf show that I had written down was uh, Matthews made a comment in the first episode about how it was a real turning point in their first game of the season. And I wrote it down. Like, I'm like, that might be the dumbest comment I've ever heard. (laughs) Like it was the turning point midway through the first game. Right. The Rangers, honestly, that first game is a world of difference for them. That first game against the caps is going to set the tone for the entire season. I think that's a good way to look at it. Cause if the Rangers come out and they shit pump the caps and Ryan Reese beats up Tom Wilson, they win four one. Yeah. You, you build off of something like that. Exactly. But if they come out and they lose fucking 5-1 and Tom Wilson's bullying everybody, it's like, oh, my God. I think a lot is riding on that game. I think that's a huge tone setter. And just like you said about the goalie, it's the same with Philly. It's the same with the Bruins to a degree. It's You're only as good as your best goalie, yeah. right? You know, and look, I mean, what's going to happen with Toronto? I, Jack Campbell's great, but if he's, you know – you know, you're, you're right. You're 100% right. And uh, back to the first game thing, you know how they always talk about players put money on the board before games? How much? Well, it, it, like it always depends. People put money on the on the board, and if they win, it goes towards the party or whatever. I was just thinking how cool it would be if fucking Ryan Reeves walks in and puts 50K on the board, and he's like, let's fucking roll, boys. Like that would be unreal. What was the ticket he signed? Uh, I, I honestly don't even care. I just think that would be the coolest thing ever. I was thinking he'd put 7,500. Because he's seventy five. I mean, something Ryan Reeves walks in there, like, thing. like I feel like before that game, Ryan Reeves has to stand up and he's like, "It's our fucking, it's our time now. Let's go out there and kick ass." And is that at, is that at Madison Square Garden or are they in Washington? Oh, I hope it's at MSG. I got to look that up. <laughs> but what, what do you think about the Rangers? Do you think they have any? Chance I, to I think the they're going to make the playoffs. And we're going to do our. I know we're going to do our preview coming up in a future one but i think they're in the playoffs i think in washington uh, it's in washington which would be even cooler that's even better yeah (laughs) right yeah yeah Yeah. that's even better because there's nothing make nothing better than making an entire arena full of people shut up 
right? And just and hate you. And Reeves just skating around, <laughs> waving. Reeves, like, I, uh, dude, Ryan Reeves that first game is gonna be fucking unreal. And they don't have Char anymore either. So like Ryan right. Reeves can go at anybody. He would go with Char anyways. I know, but like when Char and Re- and Wilson are both on the ice, it's kind of like, well, fuck. Well, I gotta be honest with you. I oh, I would love to have Chara get injected with true serum and to see what he really thought about some of the antics that Tom Wilson did last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I it's just I think one of my favorite things about Chara is you look back and it's before Brendan Smith was even on the Rangers. There was that Brendan Smith Chara like swearing up Boston uh Red Detroit, Wings. Right? Yep. Yep. And Chara just made him look awful. And then the game where everybody fought. Right off the go, it was um, it was Blackwell, Hagland, uh, Hathaway fought. I think Rooney and uh, Di Giuseppe fought. No, Di Giuseppe fought Hathaway, and then Rooney fought somebody else. Whatever. But everybody's pairing up, and the two defensemen on the Rangers. It was Smith, and I want to say it was it was a younger kid who wanted to get into it. Maybe it was Fox, and the other two for uh, the Capitals. It was Chara and Dylan. And Dylan went over to the young kid and Char went up to Smitty and like they, they, they said something. And I'm wondering if like Char was like, do you want it? And I wonder if Smith was like, I'm going after Wilson because as soon as like they talked, Char was like, right? okay. And it was, yeah. and it was fine. Yeah. And then the next shift Smitty came out, just, it's just little things behind like the scenes that yeah. I just wish that I could have heard. Cause there was clearly a conversation going on yeah. and I'm wondering what that was about because Char could have done exactly what he did to Brendan Smith and made him look awful. And he, he kind of let him do whatever he had to do. Because he knew it was right. And that's, yeah. they say about Chara, he always does the right thing. And that, that goes back to our conversation last podcast. Like, how much would you pay for the unfiltered, mic'd up play? Oh, dude. Yeah. It would be unbelievable. I don't know. I think they make the playoffs. Oh, and then one other thing. Uh, he did a really good job during the draft, I thought. Uh, Jeff Gordon, he's joined the NHL Network as a studio analyst. Uh, Little Rangers oh. Bruins love for Jeff Gordon. Yeah. I thought he did good. I don't know if, I think maybe they pulled his plug a little bit too soon. But I'll tell you what, if the Rangers have success and they start rolling right now, don't forget who fucking built that team. Oh, right, right, exactly. Yeah, Because you see that all the time. I think the biggest thing with the Rangers is that they have a new identity. And I think, I mean, I know Quinn came from BU, but I I think that was a good move. I I don't think he was ready for that team. Yeah, no, not at all. He was a college coach. Yeah. And what was weird is he's a college coach, so I understand why you're hiring him because you have a ton of young kids, but then he never played the young kids. And it was like – and people say he did, but like Lafreniere and Capo, first overall pick, second overall pick, you would think that they would be on one of the power plays. I was going to say, they got no power play time. Like, yeah. and how, what does that do for confidence of a skilled young player coming to the NHL? And you look at what the Devils do with Jack Hughes. They put Jack Hughes on everything. Yeah, look at Possible. So, does Jack Hughes make the USA team? Oh. I think it depends. If he has a fucking sick year to begin the year. I think year, it depends how he starts out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But what do you got on the Bruins? All right. So for the Bruins, the big the big news still is the Krejci hole, right? Everyone's talking about the Krejci hole. Charlie Coyle isn't skating. He's still the knee that he got cleaned up. He's going to be back in time. But Jack Studnika, we talked about him last time, how he put on 15 or possibly 50 pounds of muscle, somewhere in between, depending on what you read. Uh, he has looked fantastic as the number two center. And if Studnika can pop as a number two center – Coil slots slots into the third line, right? Which then, in my dream world, pushes uh, uh, Thomas Noshik to the wing, which pushes DeBrusque <laughs> upstairs to the ninth floor. So <laughs> I had a lot riding on that. And plus, it's just I like to see a young, homegrown kid up through the system, right, to make it up. And Brownie, plus- fuck off. You get all these nice, homegrown kids every fucking year. Bergeron, Marsha, and Pashnak. Oh, I just want one more second line center. Yeah, just one more. Me? Just one more second <laughs> line center. It would be so awesome for that to work out. How, how young is he? I think he's 21. Yeah. Oh, so he's still he's still really young. Okay. Oh, yeah. 21, 22, I think, I believe. I don't know. If and you put him with Taylor Hall, dude, who has fucking wheels. That, that's got to make your job. And Craig Smith. Easier. Craig yeah. Smith does everything anyone ever asks. Yeah. I honestly think he would carry everyone's bag if you ask them. The guy just, just plays. Yeah, and and Studnika, it's just it's just a great story. I would love for him to fill that. Everyone's like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" And Studs is like, "I got it," and it'd be great. Mm-hmm. It would be absolutely. He scored a nice goal the other night against the Rangers. I think he's against the Rangers. Might Classic have Bruins. I just want one more number two center. <laughs> That's it. Uh, speaking of the other night against the Rangers, I don't know if you got to see it. I know I was sending you highlights throughout the game, but uh, 
Uh, Linus Olmark, oof, bad look in overtime. He tried to. He was he was looking for apples, trying to send pasta away, and just handed it. That was the game. Yeah, I. Uh, you said you're convinced on Olmark. I need about 15 games through the season to see what I think the Bruins are going to be like because well, if they're what I think Olmark is, I don't know if the Bruins are going to have a shot. There was but, a report today actually that Swayman is starting to cement himself as the number one, and Olmark needs some time to get his quote game in game. <laughs> Okay. Maybe he's out of shape. But still, I might need a little bit of time. It it really I mean, you're seeing it. I saw with Lumquist like dropping off, like you you see these goalies that have been there forever and you take them for granted. Like it's a lot of pressure to put on a young Jeremy Swayman. It's a lot of pressure to put on a Linus Olmark who's never been on a good team in his life. It's I don't know, man. Yeah, that's a huge question mark for me. Yeah, huge. But if, uh, who knows? You're the Bruins. You guys are always good, man. Like, <laughs> I was too young to remember when they sucked. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, they. Yeah, it was a tough go. But I, I, I think he's going to be all right. And if the, hey, listen, if Swayman comes out in the first games, it's a seven-three split for Swayman or six-four. That's okay too. Yeah. You know, I mean, remember yeah. we still got we still got Tuca in case of emergency. Break finish glass. Yeah, or, I don't know. What, yeah, I, we'll see. Yeah. Um, the other thing I have, this one is not as good. Krejci sold his Charlestown home. <laughs> not that's not good news for the plan that we talked about <laughs> last week. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he. I'm sure somebody will let him live with him. Like if he comes over, right? Oh, for sure, he can live with me. He can have my. <laughs> uh, it was funny though, is that he sold it for four point oh four six million. I love how he gets the four six in there. Oh, oh, nice little touch. Uh, and then the down news. Uh, all right. So if you, anyone listening has read my blog throughout last year, every time Jake DeBress steps on his dick, which was constantly, I like to bring up the 2015 draft. <laughs> so the 2015 draft, which will live on in infamy, they've actually gotten out and said that they kind of left Don Sweeney unprepared because he just got hired on as the GM, which was a tough look to admit that. But for those that don't remember, the Bruins had three picks in a row. They thought they were going to package, trade up for Noah Hanfin. That was the plan. Did not work. And in panic, they took Zaboral, DeBrusque, and Zach Denshin at 13, 14, 15. Zaboral is actually probably like the sixth or seventh, maybe the eighth defenseman right now for the team. He should get some go this year. He's looked good in the preseason. DeBrusque, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Well, Ascension got waived uh, two days ago and then cleared waivers. Oh, man. And is it the Providence Bruins, the baby, the wannabes? But I have here, I've done some research. I have here a list of the people that were drafted after these three. We all know about Matt Barzell because that's yeah. the comparison. He was drafted immediately afterwards. In order, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, Erickson Eck, Colin White, Ilya Samsonov, Brock Bozer, and Travis Konechny were all sitting there when the Bruins made those three picks. That's tough. That's yeah. Tough go. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of share similar things with the 03 draft with Hugh Jessman leaving yeah. like Getzlav, Dustin Brown on the board, but like three three picks in a row. And, like, DeBrusque, I know you don't like him, but when he first came to the Bees, everybody kind of thought he was going to be a player. I remember, like, talking Criders going to the Bees, we better get DeBrusque, and no, we can't trade DeBrusque. Like, everybody thought DeBrusque was going to be pretty good. Um, Listen, I hope yeah. DeBrusque pops off and then we trade him. I mean, nothing would make me happier than to see the Bruins trade him. But Or, hey, listen, if he ha everyone says he's a great kid, and they all love him, all his teammates. So, I mean, it's not like a Dougie Hamilton type of thing where they were like, here, let me help you pack your bag, you know? Yeah. But – I mean, if, you, if you're not playing, you're not contributing, then what are we doing? We're yeah. trying to justify the pick, which is idiocy. Um, yeah, four centers in that draft were picked after them. I know we're talking about second-line centers, too. Uh, and then you, the last you, thing I have – Did you mention the center on the wild? Was he one of the players? Uh, yeah, Minnesota, Erickson. Erickson Eck. He would be a fucking unreal Bruin. Oh, yeah. Wow. Could have had him three okay. times. Three times yeah. could have A um, couple of things that I had written down – do you think we could see McAvoy and Fox partnered in the Olympics? Um, I mean, I would definitely have to look to see the other defensemen. Are yeah, I think Wierenski, Jones, Wierenski uh, and Jones can skate together. I would think. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think who else you would really have there. 
Lindgren's not going to make the USA team. I would love to see that because they played together in World Junior, but that will never happen. There was some rumor. La- there was some noise last year about Grizzly making it. I don't know. He can. I don't know. I mean, it would be an interesting defensive pair to watch. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just there, I just had that written down. I love the but, way McAvoy plays, dude. He oh, he's a beast. Yeah, he really is. He's a great player. I think Adam Fox has a little bit more offensive style to his game, but the way Charlie McAvoy plays, man, it's like, like who did he laid somebody out on the Hurricanes in the playoffs? I was either this year or last year. Oh, wasn't it Stall? Didn't he like fuck up Stall? And it was like, yeah, it was like holy shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, McAvoy can hit. Yeah, he can he can lay the wood pretty well. He, I like you can watch him play, and and he has this baby face. But then yeah. his eyebrows knit and he gets mad and you just see him just <laughs> you could see him like he's like a cruise missile out there hunting. Yeah. He's he's he a he's a hell of a player. Hits. It'd be that'd be cool to see because then you know I'm sure Adam Fox probably have to carry him a little bit, but I think it'd be it'd be pretty pretty fun. <laughs> it'd be a nice preview of the Rangers, right? Yeah. Uh, the other two things I had written down were um uh t- this is the biggest no-brainer in, in the history of the world, and I'll probably get a box for myself, and I'll send one to Hal. To Hal. <clears throat> the uh, David Pasternak Penny Pasta. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah, I did see this. So what it's, is that? Is that like a gimmick? It's, I saw it's, it was in Toronto. It's, it's bags of pasta, or uh, I think it's boxes of pasta, and all the proceeds are going to pediatric cancer research at Dana-Farber and the Jimmy Fund. And, of course, how much are they sell it for? 88 cents a box. No shit. Yeah. So I'm going to go. It's only available at Stop and Shop. Uh, so I'm going to go grab a couple of boxes and send them out to some Bruins fans that I know that are not here locally. So pretty cool. That. That's cool. That's bad. The last, thing, the last thing I had for you is, um, and this is, I feel like this is one of my blogs where I'm just game notes, throwing shit at the end of the blog. No, uh, it was, uh-oh, did I not write it down? Yeah, it did. Twenty. It was twenty years ago Monday. Okay. Twenty years ago Monday, Ray Bork's number seventy-seven went to the rafters. That was twenty years ago. That's insane when you think of it that way. Yeah. Fuck. Because you think it's like oh it was oh it was two thousand one. It's not so long ago. No, two thousand one was twenty years ago. That's wild. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that stuff, man. Like time really does fly when you when you kind of look at it from, from oh, yeah. that perspective. So, there's your Bruins. There's your Bruins. Uh, We're going to kind of jump into our beer league roundup now. So, Nashville is doing this thing. The Predators are doing this thing. They're having midnight mayhem. So, Friday night from 12 o'clock midnight to like 7.30 in the morning, I'm playing in three one-hour games. I get a jersey. They provide us with food. There's individual awards, team awards, all this shit. And then you also get two preseason games to – the Preds Hurricanes the next day at three thirty. So awesome. I'm doing that. I mean, no brainer for me. Yeah. It was weird. I couldn't get anybody in my beer league team to do it with me. I think it's just because I'm a sick fuck and I love hockey. But the way I'm looking at it is the people that are going to go to this thing love hockey. So right. I'm definitely going to be able to meet some like absolute diehard fans. So that'll be cool. But other than that, I paid my league dues. I'm ready to go. Uh, we got our jerseys in. So. It should be good. Brownie, what do you got for beer league? When Actually, I lived, would you do that? Like if the, if the Bruins had like percent, hundred percent. We had a uh, when I lived in South Carolina, there was no ice. We had, we played roller, and um, there was this Ironman tournament that happened on like I think Sundays. It started at like seven a.m. and it was teams of four and a goalie. It was continuous play. You had you played three on three with one sub, mm-hmm. and any penalty was a penalty shot. And any goal, you take it out, dump it, and go the other way. Okay. And you would play from like seven. If you made it all the way, I think you uh, think the last game was around two o'clock in the afternoon. It was murder. It was absolute murder. And a good friend of mine, uh, shout out Glenn Landon, if you're listening, he uh, he and I met because you didn't want to take off all your gear, so you just kind of you need. And the wheels, it was uh, you played on parquet, so they were softer wheels. So if you rolled on like asphalt, it would rip them open. Right. So you only could skate out on the pad that they had out in front. So we would skate out and like people are like drinking, eating baby food and drinking healthy stuff. And me and Glenn are out there like drinking Dr. Pepper and smoking butts like, yeah, ready for the next game. <laughs> and that's how we met. And we're still friends to this day. Yeah. He's a South Carolina Stingray season ticket holder. 
So yeah, it's a, yeah it was like I a mean, concrete pond, a defunct place. But yeah, you know, that kind of stuff's great. You'll make memories that you'll remember. You'll make you'll make friends that you'll keep, especially for you who's just moved there. So right, you know, it's fantastic. I think it's gonna be sick, man. And like the Predators, they do they built these two rinks, and the rinks. I can't stress how unreal these beer league rinks are. Like you walk in, the doors automatically open for you. That's the yeah. first thing that and. It's it's based off of Ford Ice, so if you drive a Ford, you get the the front parking spots. They're reserved strictly for Ford vehicles, <laughs> and there's like an outdoor like uh, like shoot around thing. There's a giant bar, two rinks, a giant like NHL shop with all like sticks and shit too. It I'm so fucking excited. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, so for me for beer league, we had our summer league playoffs the other night. Which we had once again one sub. The other team I skated up to. They had I think they one had sub. We had one sub. They oh. had the other team had four lines. And during warmups, I skated up to one of the kids like was stretching, and I go, I look at him, I go, "What do you guys got tryouts tonight?" He's like, "No playoffs, bro." I was like, "Jesus!" I'm like, "All right." So we uh, we got down, tied it up, forced overtime. Overtime comes. No, no decision. So we go to a shootout, right? Mm-hmm. Three rounds. We go out there. We score once. They didn't score anything. We move on, right? Congratulating the goalie, everybody. And it was a filling goalie, too. It was great. We're all high-fiving. Everybody's pumped. Ref blows the whistle. Oh, no, no. In the playoffs, it's five. Five rounds of shootout. We're like, no hey. way. So we go. It's right there on the score sheet, you know? So we go. We, we send our next two guys. They don't score. Their two guys both score. We lose two to one. No way, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, first off, a beer league team that's four lines should be dusting oh, a team crazy. with six people. It was crazy. That's oh, I'd be so fucking mad. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. You know, it is what it is. We have a game tomorrow night, so another you know for the fall league. But. Yeah, I. I don't know, man. I would have lost my shit a hundred percent there, especially we already happy. like celebrating and shit. I'd be like, no, nah, we the ice then. Oh, the ref's like, hey guys, I, I felt bad. You know, it, it is what it is, but yeah, I don't know. I, I love talking beer league as, as the year goes on. I'm sure we'll have more stories and more shit to talk about. So, oh yeah, yeah. Once we get um, in, yeah. But now we got our Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Let me play my Dominic Moore video. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just gonna take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. All right, guys, here we go. Um, hero and zero time. Brownie, how about you go first? Tell All us right. your hero, tell us your zero. My hero and zero, like you did with the ES, what was it, ESPN Plus? It was your both hero and zero yeah. last week. My hero and zero this week is TNT. Both okay. for TNT. I'm okay. going to do the zero first, get it out of the way. So, yeah, it's their first broadcast, and there were some technical difficulties. I get that. But if they have that camera that was on the glass, and apparently they had issues with the higher-up camera, but that camera that's on the glass, I was like, oh, maybe I'm not over my concussions yet. (laughs) Holy shit. It was literally like watching a low-tier D2 game where the manager is standing there with a handheld. Oh, that was a tough angle. That's a tough they, look for TNT too, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, it was. They had a lot of issues here. I don't know if it was nationwide, but in the Boston market, the screen kept splitting. So it was showing like uh, the top half of the bowl was on the bottom of the screen. So I literally had my hand up because it was, it was giving me like a head rush. I didn't. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to explain? Yeah, what you would think. Get it together. It's not amateur hour. You just supposed. Yeah, to- I, don't, I don't know what was going on. The studio. They the they had trouble with talks with Rick Tockett's mic, and then they weirdly kept one seat. Like uh, me and Preston, uh, our St. Louis and Vegas writer, were texting about this. They instead of having it straight ahead, it was like to the side, and there was an empty seat to Liam McHugh's right, but it was still centered on that empty seat, like. How did no one not see that? Just shit yeah. a little, you know. Amateur hour, man. Yeah, it was just a it was a tough look for the first one. So that was that was my uh zero. But my hero is also TNT because I think Keith Jones between the benches is gonna be awesome. And he will not let himself get talked over like Edzo used to do to uh Pierre. Mm-hmm. Jones, you could tell that Ed Olchick and Pierre McGuire, I don't think they like each other. And I feel like Keith Jones has a much bigger resume that he's going to let Jones talk. Jones talk. Yeah. Um, the in-studio stuff 
is awesome. Anson Carter seems so relaxed. Yeah. And so funny. More personality than he's ever showed. And Rick Tockett, I mean, talk about announcing your presence with authority. He's out there on his first broadcast showing people how he used to kick guys in the junk with his skate. And then Paul Bissonette texts in and they put it on the screen. Oh, it was hilarious. I thought it was great. So I thought that was all great. And I really like the fact, and you're too young to remember this. I really like the fact that they have Don Kaharski as the um, the rules analyst, like, yep. the, like the the NFL has Mike Pereira. Because Don Kaharski, if, I think I set the sent the link into the group chat. But if anyone listening to this goes and looks up Don Kaharski, Jim Schoenfeld, it was the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe, Devils Bruins. Oh, Schoenfeld was going to kill him. Schoenfeld had to be held back. Told him to eat another donut, you fat prick, or something to that effect. It's all on audio. And then for the next game, the refs boycotted. And what I want to say it was like 19, it was in the 80s. The ref boycotted. And I think they had to push the game back a day, if I remember correctly. It's crazy. So, yeah, look up that story. So he has got some stories. And I think as he gets more comfortable, you can see him starting to chirp, talk it a little bit. Uh, towards the end of that, I think that he'll be a real asset to the broadcast. And then they're going to add Gretzky and Bissonette. I mean, come on. No, be- yeah, and that, yeah. I think they're finally doing it right. Like they're yeah. kind of they're using other sports too, right? Like bringing in the ref, like the like the NFL guys do, and like it seems well, like Tuckett's really trying to be the Charles Barkley. So yeah. it's like it's cool. Yeah, those are mine. So go ahead. All right, uh, my hero of the week. I went to a Preds Lightning preseason game. Uh, the Predators ranks unreal. Like it's super new. It's smaller, but it, like there's not a bad seat there. Um, it goes to this lady who was sitting in front of us by herself. Had to have been the biggest Predators fan I've ever seen in my life. They'd score. She'd go nuts. There was a penalty. You bastard! Like screaming. She was like an older lady by herself, and like you just love all the guys' that. signatures on her jersey. It was it was on like super fan beyond super fan. Like awesome. it, like somebody would score, she'd look over to her left and like walk four chairs down and give them a high five. Like she was enjoying herself. So. That goes for the zero of the week goes to myself. I was at that Preds game, and there's some chance that they do after they score goals that I need to learn because everybody's saying it, and I'm just like, I have no idea what these people are saying. Are you just moving your mouth? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, 100%. Yeah, that so guy I, clapping off the Yeah, so I, I got to learn that. The Titans game, you just scream tighten up every two seconds, and people yeah, think yeah. it's sick. Predators, I, it was just it, like TNT amateur hour is amateur hour for myself at that game. I promise I'll be better. <laughs> but uh, that was our heroes and zeros for the week. And then lastly, we have three stars. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, three stars of the week. So before this started, uh, Brownie was hitting me up, and he's like, that three stars thing, I think it's pretty cool. Like, how do you come up with that? And I'm like, you have no idea how much Hal and I have struggled throughout the course probably the last we're on episode 219, probably the last 200 episodes trying to figure out what we should be doing three stars. And Brownie out of nowhere goes, all right, well, what three Olympic sports do you think you can medal in? And I'm like, that's a great question. And we get six months of training, no wife, no kids. Uh, everything's no paid job. for, I'm assuming. Like we have coaches and food and like we can really just. No money around. worries, nothing. Okay. All right. I think this is going to be good. Give, give me your third star. My third star. All right. Let me give a preamble. So I, I actually gave this some thought. So there are some that are pretty obvious that people that know me, I could do. Like, I, you know, snowboarding. I like to snowboard. I mm-hmm. think I could do that. Mm-hmm. I wrestled in high school and college, maybe. I mean, that's a big commitment, but maybe. Uh, surfing. I've never surfed, but I think I would be awesome. I think I'm going to be a natural whenever I try. Uh, and then in two, 20, 2024... I don't know if this is true, but it was on the internet, so it must be. They're introducing as an Olympic sport break dancing. So six months, I could pop and lock. I could get it all back. <laughs> so that was my preamble. But for now, my third star, sailing. Sailing is an Olympic sport. Have you ever sailed before? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I had a sunfish when I was a kid on Winnipesaukee. Yeah. Okay. So You're kind of familiar with it. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's, I wrote it down. It's called Mixed NACRA 17. And I don't know if I'm saying that right. And I'm sure people that actually sail are going to be pissed. But it's a two-person foiling catamaran. I don't know what foiling is, but I know what a catamaran is. 
So if there's two people on a catamaran, one's going to be the skipper and one's going to be little buddy from those of you that have watched Gilligan's Island. So how hard it could it be with six months of training for some, I don't know, who's your most famous sailor you know? That guy. Columbus. Who? Columbus. Well, no, someone like alive. <laughs> that's, that's the only person that I don't know a sailor. Not, yeah. Well, you, I was, uh, was going to get that. <laughs> but uh, so how hard, how hard would it be to be sitting on a catamaran? You got the zinc oxide on your nose and some cool boat clothes and, you know, pulling ropes and cranking winches. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just tell, getting told what to do. And with six months training. Yeah. I feel like I could do that. Is that a single sport? No, it's two guys on the boat. Okay, so you have somebody else there with you too. Yeah, it's a two-person okay. two catamaran. All right, that makes me feel a little bit better about things. I can't swim, so I would be very out on sailing. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We gotta pause this segment. You can't swim. I can, I can swim a little bit. I get, I get my fucking shit rocked all the time talking about this. Like there was a pretty long uh, part of my life where I couldn't go under my underwater without plugging my nose. Uh, <laughs> I've actually been like training over the last year, so I can do it now which is pretty cool. But if you were to put me in the middle of an ocean and you just, here you go, Jim, here you go, here you go, kid, throw me out there. I would last maybe five minutes. Well, in the middle of the ocean, that's pretty much everybody. What if I push you in the deep end of a pool? Are you going to scream and yell? I won't, gonna... I won't scream and yell, but I will like low key slowly make my way over to the edge of the pool. <laughs> God, dude, my five-year-old can swim. No, like, hey, let me I, ask like, you this: Can you drive a stick shift? Uh, I can drive a stick shift tractor. <laughs> oh my God, we might you know what we might have to do a new segment. Just call it life skills of brownie. Yeah, and but you want to know what, dude? In my defense about the stick shift thing, my dad he got in a motorcycle accident before I was born, so he lost his right arm and his left leg, and he was a truck driver, so he was okay. like he knew how to drive. But he like couldn't teach me because he had his left like you can't shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I like using that kind of as a well, but still, dude, it's 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 a little bit of a complicated process. I'm sure if you gave me like a little bit, you give me six months, I bet you I could stick I could drive stick. <laughs> All That's right, what's your third star? All right, so my third star. Um ah shit. What way do I go with this? Uh I'm gonna go bobsledding. I think right. And like skill wise, is there a ton of skill? Like, I think you have to be explosive off the dot, like much like hockey, your first three strides, get up and go. And then you jump in and Jesus takes the wheel. Um, I, Which I don't know, like? man. Yeah. And like my, one of my buddies, he was telling me he had a friend that he played the cross with in college and he's like an Olympic bobsledder. And he said that that kid was the most non-athlete he's ever met in his life. So which bobsled are you looking at? I didn't know there was more than one. All right. I don't want to cut off your thing, but I'm going to lead this into my second star because my oh, second star it. is also bobsled. Okay. And I picked the four-man bobsled. Okay. What guy are you? Because in the four-man bobsled, there's okay. two pushers. Mm -hmm. There is the pilot and the brake man. So the pushers, okay. they do what, what you think. They push. Those are the guys. That's like what Herschel Walker did back in the day. The huge legs, you know, and yeah, pushes, and that's the explosiveness from the dot, all that stuff. The pilot is the guy who steers, and it's a slight. It's from what I saw, it's very slight movements, you know, like like you ever played like a video game after right. drinking or too high, and you overcommit. Yeah, overcommit, you're trying to crash, shoot somebody, crash, and the gun's just like going all yeah. over the place. Yeah, it's very light touches. So, so, so Brownie, so far I'm out. I'm out on on those, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm out on those three. And so are you. So this is where, this is the spot you want to be. Your break. third star, my second star is the brake man. Because in the description I read, the brake man's sole job is to break once they cross the finish line. That's oh, it. I could do that. That's like yeah. if you're on a plane, they put you by the emergency exit and they're like, yeah, just open this door if we crash. I right. could do that. You're basically the fourth guy in the bobsled is just sledding. Yeah, but you want to know what? Like, are you are you in the back? Yeah. So are you the last one to jump in? I would assume so. So you just got to be able to keep up to the oh, guys. Oh man, yeah, but that's a whole nother debacle. Because what happens if you can't catch up? You you have six months to train. You yeah, can true. put your hand in the back of the guy's spandex and hang on to him. 
they're not wrong, but it would be really embarrassing to be on the Olympics and you're just your bobsled's going down. You're just running after. Him. You're running down. Heavy <laughs> <laughs> brutal. Uh, like break man, that's my gag right there. No, I'm I'm into that. My Which, uh my my second star yeah, is archery. Uh, archery. I'm I'm from the woods. I've watched actually. I've never watched Hunger Games. That's a lie. But six months, dude, and I'm shooting five thousand arrows a day. Yeah. 30 times 6, 180, 180 times 5,000. You're telling me I can't get halfway decent at that? Yeah. Yeah, and again, we talked about this offline, but you need to go with your nationality. How many Italian archers are there? I I, I couldn't answer that. I feel like there's more Irish archers. Could be. I could be an Irish archer. I don't know. Well, I feel I, like it, you get be... that, that poet warrior thing for Ireland, and I feel like archers kind of go with that and all the yeah and plus like the training wouldn't be that bad like you like i don't think there's really a diet like you you have to get a, you have your arms probably ought to be pretty strong in your back but other than that like put your beer down pull the thing yeah like i yeah. i feel like if i had to train for something that'd probably be the one i wanted to train for fair enough That's all right what's cool. your number one star so my number one star the obvious choice would be curling because that looks pretty fun and some of those women are, I mean, six months, you know, no wife, no kids is part of the deal. So, you know, some of those girls are absolutely gorgeous. But some of the guys, too, we're, we're uh, you know, not saying. I feel like we share similar body types to curlers. Yes. Fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. So, but that's not my choice. Okay. Because in my research, as great as curling is, because if you're the brush guy, you could just set your beard down and brush. There was a game that I played. My dad had a court in the backyard that we had stadium lighting that one of my buddies an electrician hooked up this is an olympic sport apparently bocce i was a pretty good bocce player my dad's thing and i played a little bit when i lived in other areas that had bocce courts i think with six months i'd just be ripping beers and playing bocce every day i mean that I sounds like make the olympics that sounds like the dream yeah oh my god I well, mean, bocce like one this train for you just go to, like there's a few bars back in saratoga i'm sure there's probably some here too but you can just go get fucked up and play bocce all day exactly. like that sounds unbelievable exactly so that's my number one star bocce ball okay my number one star i want to be able to do it i wish i could say ping pong because i love ping oh, pong but those guys are so fucking good at ping pong it's stupid I don't know if badminton's an Olympic sport. Maybe I could probably hit. And I that's, could probably that's equally as terrifying as watching ping pong. Yeah, I, I definitely have a better opportunity in badminton. I'm gonna go with European handball. Um, yeah. Hockey player, baseball player. Growing up, I got a pretty good arm. It's pretty much. It's literally hockey, hockey, baseball, maybe a little bit of basketball. My only issue with handball is I'm pretty sure everybody who plays handball is like six foot seven, so they'd have yeah. a full 13 inches on me or 11 inches on me. So I don't know how I'd be able to get past the wall of people, but I could see myself distribute, definitely be a morale kind of guy. And uh, I mean, in terms of gym class sports, floor hockey was awesome, but handball was always up there. What makes European handball different than regular handball? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe just in gym class, they call it European handball. Oh, okay. All That's right. the one where you have a ball, you get three strides or you have to pass it or bounce it. I think that's fast, right? the rules. And then you, you throw it in the net to score. Yeah. No, so it's like dodgeball, handball, baseball, handball hockey. List too. Yeah. So I think that'd be my number one star. Plus that'd be a lot of fun. The training that would go into that would be pretty brutal because I'd have to just run all the time, but uh, oh, wrecking your knees on the gym floors. Yeah. Count me out on that, man. Let me know when one, let me know when one wheel gets into the Olympics. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But uh, that was this episode of the Morning Skate. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Brian, do you have anything else for the for the listeners at home? No, no, no. What are we? It's uh, when we're recording this. It's October 5th, so we're one week. Yeah, no. and ne next podcast will be the breakdown of all divisions where we think people are going to end up finishing. Yeah, we're a little more than a week away from opening night in the NHL. Looking awesome. forward to this season. Yep. And I'm glad, I'm glad we spaced this out, too, because this would have been a long podcast if we added a divisional – stuff on top of all this oh, so. we everyone turned off already yeah so be sure to tune in sunday guys thank you for tuning in this is the morning skate ken brownie signing off thank you see ya